Hello and welcome to Dr. Richard Podcast, the show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today I'm excited to welcome Fabian Cowdery and Dominic Hughes. Fabian Cowdery is a life coach and cricketer and co-founder of Safe Space and has appeared in Made in Chelsea. And Dominique is a yoga teacher and Pilates specialist. How are you both? And um, tell me three things that make you smile. You can each do three things or you can do it together. <laughs> um, shall I go first or ladies you first? You can go Dominic, first if you want. After you. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, well, what, what makes me smile? Um, wow, that's a great start. I would I would say sunshine, but sadly you have to deal with the, the grey starts every day. Um, my brother, far more so, he was on Made in Chelsea. He, he's just got back from LA, so he, he's been enjoying the sunshine and doing life cleverly. So I would say number one, sun. Um, number two, movement. Um, always early morning movement really sets me up for my day as well. So um, that's always been massively important for me, whether that's walking or something more difficult, like spin classes. Um, and the third one is ice therapy. So oh. ice showers. <laughs> Doing that in the morning is great, but actually finding the opportunity to do it um, at any point in the day, whether that be after a workout, even after a sauna or a steam room, um, they're the best times to, to get involved in, in ice therapy. And it really does just alleviate stress and give you that kickstart to, to, to the morning um, as well. So they're my three things. Amazing. Right. So my three things, I think number one um, would be getting out in nature, Um, especially living in London. It's very much city life and falling asleep and hearing an ambulance race past. So I do my best to try and get some greenery every day. Um, Luckily, London has lovely parks. Um, Number two would be walking. Really simple. I love movement or types of movement that are high intensity. Um, but a walk makes me so happy. Um, definitely makes me smile. I try to walk to work. Um, if it's around, <laughs> I won't walk over an hour to work. That might be a bit much, but between half an hour and 45 minutes, just fitting those steps then. Um, and then I would say the sea. I love the sea. I grew up on the coast in East Africa and nothing hits as well as diving into the fresh sea and just getting that salt and just being out in the ocean nice and free so you've had real nature then in east africa yeah (laughs) yeah i must say it was an adjustment um i moved to the uk when i was 18 for university so i went from big open landscapes um lots of wildlife uh ocean lots of sailing to Newcastle, which was the best um, <laughs> town ever. I loved it. Best city. Friendly people. Um, but it was quite the change and climate too. <laughs> they're, such, they're, they're so differing, those experiences as well. When you're sort of sitting next to lions and leopards and the next year in Newcastle on one pound vodkas or one pound shots of the local the Geordies. University. <laughs> yeah. so you go from one extreme to the other. Um, yeah, huge extreme. I mean, I loved my time there. I think it was probably good for my soul when it came to an end. I don't know how lo- much longer I could party for. Um, but yeah, it was definitely coming from one extreme to the next. Yeah, I really think um, I was lucky enough to go to South Africa and I did a bit of studying there. And um, I didn't know how powerful that would be, um, the natural surroundings, um, the safari. I went to Kruger and um, it was like, that level of nature that kind of reminds you of you know 
the whole way that you fit into the ecosystem it's something that's really grounding so i feel like everybody should if they're able to do it they really should do that at least once in their life because it's such a powerful thing to do yeah it's absolutely incredible there's no way to really describe it i mean you'll you'd know it's like a feeling um and yeah i mean it just makes you realize when you're out in the quiet and just out in nature it's absolutely incredible fabian will be coming on his first safari um in Jan- early january so yeah well, he's very excited. Well, I haven't, I haven't... Explain it to him um, how incredible this is. <laughs> I was just going to say I haven't. I've so Dominique and I have been uh, dating official for <laughs> wow. seven or eight months. These days you have to. <laughs> these days you have to ask the question. You have to say, "Do you want to be my girlfriend or do you want to be my boyfriend?" You have to make it very exactly. Clear you know, Are we seeing each other clear. or is it we moved to the yeah. official? <laughs> <laughs> but what what I find this that's really bizarre about this situation is when I tell my um, when I told my mum and my dad that we were now official, they said you, you've been dating for a few months now, though, haven't you? What do you mean? Well, no, 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 no. These days we have to ask a question just to cement the bond. Yeah, uh, there is people <laughs> kind of say, oh, we're seeing each other or we're just hanging out, but we're not yeah. official. And then people also have like. Are we going to do our Instagram debut or, you know, are we going to appear on each other's page? You know, there's a lot to think about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's not as simple as it used to be. No, no, absolutely. (laughs) You know, if you were seeing someone back in the day, that was it. You were practically married. But now there's so many different steps and layers (laughs) before you get to that boyfriend and girlfriend stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, so I'm, I'm visiting Dominique. I'm actually meeting her family in the East Africa the, the itinerary is quite extraordinary, actually. Um, landing in Nairobi, for any of your listeners who know East Africa, I'm landing in Nairobi in Kenya, and then we're going to Zanzibar for Christmas to the White Sand for, for a party. Um, and then and then we're moving on from there to the Serengeti wow. for four-day safari. So it's going to be um, amazing. incredible. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Once in a lifetime, for sure. I got some yeah. good stories about that because um, I was in an open-top, uh jeep and we went into like the big cat lion enclosure and i was with my dad actually because he he was studying as well and we were said i said to him oh don't you think we're like an open can of food right now sitting in this lion enclosure (laughs) and then he was like uh i think we'll be okay (laughs) But um, apparently, because the co- the jeeps are around so much, they kind of view, as long as you're within the jeep, it's viewed as a kind of part of the, again, part. it becomes part of the ecosystem in a way, because they see it so often. So yeah. it's if you start walking around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, they're so used to it. It's so popular. You have so many tourists, because yeah. tourism, um, rightly so, makes up the majority of the economy. Um, so, you know, thank goodness for the tourists, um, like you, Fabian. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so true. When you're in the Jeep, in the car, they just see you as one entity. So I remember um, being really young in the car, you know, as a kid and like sticking my arm out and like reaching out and everyone's stopping me because as soon as like a hand sticks out, they realize, oh, maybe, you know, there's something else. And then it's not this one big scary image because they don't have good eyesight. Yeah. So as soon as your hand ventures off is where you have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys both meet? 
We have two very different stories. <laughs> you can tell story, story A and B. <laughs> okay, well, story. Come on, Dominic. She's definitely getting in there first. <laughs> the real story. <laughs> the, real, um, the real tree. Lay out the facts. So um, I teach yoga and Pilates and um, alongside Fabian's um, business startup company, he teaches some ride publics, uh, a cycle studio in Fulham. So I started teaching yoga at that same studio. And anyway, we met there. Fabian's story will be very different. Saying <laughs> that I put on tons of perfume to try and draw his attention for <laughs> me. I wear perfume every day. Um, and anyway, yeah, we met there and we just got along so well. We really connected um, through fitness, through well-being, health. Um, our lives were quite similar in that respect. And then, yeah, we were seeing each other every day since and then i and then i had to ask her to be my girlfriend and then here we are here we are well that's something we really wanted to ask you both about um because obviously we really can concentrate on health and well-being so fitness and nutrition you know how do you both approach that um in different ways and and jointly together Oh, great, great question. Well, that, that that's opened up definitely a can of a can of worms. Excuse the pun there. Um, but it's uh, we all have very different views on nutrition just from experiences, I think. So Dominique will tell you, but she's she's vegan and gluten free. And I I'm very much into meat. In fact, my favorite meal um, ever, um, probably growing up would be a roast pork. So we've got very different, different <laughs> philosophies on it. But I, I think I tend to eat for my, in terms of my nutritional values, it's, it's more for my mind. Of course, it's about keeping the weight down and making sure that my cholesterol and my blood pressure is low. But I feel with the amount of exercise that both Dominique and I do, that that almost takes care of itself. So we have a little bit of, uh, um, I guess, we could eat more than the average individual and still get away with it. But for me, it's about the, my, my emotional health. So starting the day in the right way. Um, I tend not to eat until about 11, 12, because I believe in the intermittent fasting. And I already feel, always feel more focused in the morning if I don't uh, eat too early in the day. But then I would look at the more traditional meat, veg, but also throw in some healthy snacks throughout the day, a handful of nuts um, or, or a piece of fruit. But I do believe in the balance. So you get to a Saturday or Sunday, and I feel it's very hard to, to continue and maintain a good nutritional diet if you don't have the occasional meal where you're 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 moving on to something that you really truly like or it's a little bit naughty but um that's that's my view on it anyway it's all about balance amazing and dominic yes you're uh, obviously more plant-based yeah so i have nothing against meat or people who choose to eat meat um so it all started for me when I actually it started quite a bit before that because I used to run track and I just started researching like in nutrition and obviously it can take you a bit down a rabbit hole and you find evidence to which you choose to believe in. Anyway, so long story short, I read a few articles and, you know, it was saying how a more plant based diet gives you more energy or just adding more plants in general. At this point, I was at university and the meat and the fish I was buying, you know, it wasn't good quality. It was just from, you know, your local supermarket downstairs. And I have nothing, no problem with eating meat and fish. It's just these days we 
don't know where they come from and lots of fish ingest microplastics. If it was a good piece of organic meat that was grass fed and wasn't pumped with antibiotics, I mean, I, I definitely have some, so I'm not rigid on my views. It's just at university in Newcastle, I wasn't exactly eating that organic meat. Um, but I think it's uh, just growing up with my family, they've always been quite holistic and healthy. So because of that, I decided, let me just, you know, give uh, going vegan a go, being more plant-based. I like to say plant-based because I yeah. eat honey <laughs> and um, I'm not like a, you know, strict, a strict vegan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. There's um, different levels, then, I think. Yeah, exactly. And then it just made me feel so good. I felt lighter, more energized. And of course, it's not how everyone will feel if they eat this way. Um, but I got addicted to the feeling and it just, yeah, I felt like my energy levels rose. And so I stuck with it. I was going to do it for a year and now it's almost been eight years. Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, after that, when I went to do my, I'm a yoga teacher, my yoga teacher training, um, I was in India and I saw an Ayurvedic doctor and he said, okay, great. He, you know, um, took my heart rate, did all like these tests and stuff. And he said that I shouldn't eat gluten because I, I'm not allergic, but I have an intolerance to it and it flares up my skin. Um, and then since he said that, I had quite bad skin at that point. I stopped gluten straight away and I never had it again. And my skin cleared up uh, so quickly. So those are the two reasons why I eat plant-based and gluten well, Also, Domi, uh, Novak Djokovic is a prime example of someone who does a similar sort of thing, I think. And he's, he's yeah. got, his record speaks for, him, speaks for itself. Yeah. He's, what, 37, uh, 38, and just the best athlete you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I think different um, kind of dietary things work for different people in a way, mm. don't they? And there's no one hard and fast, you know, eat this exact thing and this will work for you because it really does depend on body types and and things yeah, like that exactly and there you know you can be vegan and be really unhealthy exactly. um, obviously there are many different reasons why people go vegan it could be for the environmental reasons and animal rights and then maybe they don't necessarily care about their health and what they're putting in your bodies because I would, and for myself, rather have, you know, a good piece of organic meat um, than have these fake chicken nuggets that are highly processed and vegan. There's so, a bit of vegan junk food around. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge market these days. Um, so I try to just focus on eating whole foods. It's funny because if, if I was to hear someone say to me who I don't know, um, I, I'm vegan, I, I'm vegan friendly, I, I try and stay away from gluten or any of these things, I think, wow, that's someone who's really conscious of their health, really, really conscious of their health, but now hearing from your side that it actually has no bearing on whether you eat healthily or not. Uh, it's really interesting how that sort of symbolizes health in so many ways to people when you hear someone say vegan or gluten free. Um, but I've, I've found the older, I'm now 30, so um, things are moving quite fast for me. I found the older that I've got, the more conscious I've had to, of course, be of my nutrition. When I was younger, I mean, I, when I was 14, 15 years old, and I was playing a lot of sport, I probably was carrying a bit too much weight, but my dad used to bring through a plate of digestives and ginger nuts, and we used to sit in front of the sport, and he, he realized that I was putting on a couple of pounds too many, um, and started rationing the biscuits. Um, <laughs> 
So things are a little bit different now. I couldn't even fathom sitting down, sitting. You down. have to ration yourself now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not. I obviously I've got Dominique, who is the epitome of health and fitness, keeping so she me. She can in, inspire in you. So tell <laughs> yeah. us, um, Dominique, about yoga and Pilates. Um, is one more important than the other? And should what is right for different people? Um, you know is good for both men and women and should more people be doing it you know what are your views on the whole subject so it is an interesting one um I mean I started off as a yoga teacher and then from then Pilates and reformer Pilates came in but they are quite different to each other because obviously yoga you have that whole spiritual side is why people can be a bit you know funny about going to classes um, I do think yoga is has amazing benefits for everyone, you know, men, women, young, old. Um, why, yeah, why people get a bit scared to do it is because they think they can't touch their toes or they're not good enough. Um, but it's not about being in these fancy poses. It's more that journey of self-discovery, what you learn along the way. Obviously, the physical benefits of yoga are absolutely incredible because it does, you know, over time, lengthen the body, stretch out those muscles. And it's also quite a strong practice. So you gain flexibility and strength at the same time. And yeah, it's meditative. It's like a moving meditation. So I would definitely recommend yoga to everyone, even if it was a simple 10 minutes a day, you know, learn how to do some sun salutations. It really boosts your mood and your energy. Um, Pilates. So I mainly teach reformer Pilates. Um, I don't know if you've ever... That's the machine, right? And it's very yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. So people um, look at it and think it's, it looks like a torture machine, which it is. It does. <laughs> yeah, but so reformer Pilates is great because you have your different springs and they all have a different resistance. So Pilates mainly focusing on the core. So it doesn't have that whole spiritual side to it. It does, and why, you know, some would argue that it's slightly more popular. Um, it, yeah, it focuses on the core. It strengthens your body. You use the breath and it makes you feel really aligned and strong. So where I teach, we have all ranges of people who come, you know, some who want to improve their fitness, just be really good at holding planks. And then lots of clientele who are injured and they have actually been um, recommended it by their physio because both yoga and Pilates, they um, are low impact on the body. So people do it because, you know, it's many people get so many injuries these days and they don't want to, you know, destroy themselves for the future. So they do these low impact exercises that is really healthy and good for the joints. Excellent. So, um, I was going to say, actually, I did some of the vinyasa yoga, which has the warrior one and the warrior two and yeah. those kind of things. And that was brilliant um, because yeah. I'm not very good at crane, for instance, you know, these yeah. crazy, <laughs> like you said, these positions and things. So, um, yeah, there's a lot more in yoga to do with the breathing and the body. And there's more to do with that kind of just holding yeah. a position and, and movement from one to the other 
Exactly. A vinyasa, I would say, vinyasa classes is mainly what I teach. And then my favorite classes to attend for my self-practice because it's one breath, one movement. So it flows really nicely. You know, you're not in a pose for too long um, and there's something for everyone. And obviously, you know, there's some things that you'll find more challenging than other postures, but it's just being able to sit with yourself and, and kind of accept that without creating judgment around it. But yeah, vinyasa classes are great. Okay. And there's hot yoga too. as well, right? There's hot yoga. So <laughs> I teach hot yoga. I don't teach a Bikram, um, which is a set sequence. I teach a vinyasa flow in a hot pod room so it's like an inflatable pod wow and it's 37 degrees it gets higher depending how many people are in the class oh my gosh and you come out feeling amazing i'm so, sure yeah i would say um i mean fabian is you know now a hot pod ambassador and amazing. he comes quite often and yeah. this is someone who never used to do yoga and he's yeah. really into it now because it improves all other aspects of you know your life and other physical fitness you have professional yeah. athletes who you know, practice yoga at least twice a week. Um, yeah. So in the heat, especially, it helps to lengthen those muscles, which is great. Amazing. So we also obviously wanted to talk about the mental um, wellness. And um, that leads us also on to safe space, um, Fabian. So obviously, we heard a little bit about it before when with your podcast with your brother. So what's the update? How's it going? And um you know, uh, how is this passion of yours really developing? Wow, um, great question. Uh, it's exciting. It's moving fast. It's been three months since we launched uh, at Homegrown Members Club in, in Marlebone. And we launched about 75 to 100 people and pitched the whole thing. It felt like a pitch anyway. We're on stage with the mics, with the presentation. And it was very intense, but also very enjoyable. And we went through everything that Safe Space has to offer. And at this stage, just to give your listeners a little bit of a, um, an insight into what we're doing, is we provide basically an all-in-one solution for self-development. So we have experts from five focus areas of, of self-development in mind, body, spirituality, business, and relationships. So we, at, before we even launched the product, we had about 120 to 150 interviews with respective coaches and experts from one of those five fields. And we cut them down to 12 or 15 in the nicest way possible, we culled them. But we, in a way that we selected them on who would be the most engaging and the most insightful over uh, a virtual call. Okay, so we now have uh, a platform, which is a web app that can be downloaded into the native app store. And we're going to look to move into the app store next year. And our big move is to make world-class coaching accessible for all. So we deliver 20 plus live seminars and live rooms every single month. Um, for what it would cost for two hours of one-to-one -one coaching with one of our 15 experts. Amazing. So it sounds like you've really kind of assembled like an incredible team, you know? Yeah, and it's it was interesting talking to 100, you know, 100, I can't remember how many people, but over 100 people. Is everyone was a specialist in their field. But we're talking about attention economy. We're talking about how do we engage someone on a specialist topic for 30 minutes where they're captured and captivated all on a live call. Um, as opposed to some individuals who are incredibly educated and have years and years of experience, but in terms of their delivery and their, um, how um, able they are to get their message across in a really enjoyable way, for, for some of these topics around confidence, 
it needs a certain individual to bring that topic to life. So we had to be really clear about what sort of individuals we brought on. Um, but we're really proud of the team that we have. And another big movement is to connect people. There is a massive loneliness epidemic in this world right now, uh, which is crazy with the connectivity around social media. But the isolation piece was massive and one of our the biggest reasons why we created Safe Space. So we have community forums and ability to connect with others um, actively, need support groups, goal setters and achievers groups if people want uh, other members to get behind them on their goal. And all of our plans are going to be upgraded and accentuated when we're able to move to the App Store. Um, so we're looking at doing that midway through next year. So the product's only going to get better and stronger. But it's been it's been a super exciting start. And if anyone is looking to sell, develop, or create the balance across all aspects of their life, in and out of the office, relationships, business, meditations, breath works. Um, I know Domi's fascinated in that area. Uh, it's a place for you. Um, and and there's also an amazing group of people who who have signed up already. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And we'll definitely. Um put those links in the show notes so um people can check it out and good luck with the launch of the the web app as well thank you thank you yeah so just moving from the web app to the native app, the store um, yeah the app store is um it's it's exciting but it, of it's a course, lot of work right yeah there's a lot of work there's um a lot of things that we need to fill out and uh, of, of course uh, moving into the into the hopefully getting a VC or, or an investment behind us at some point to yes. then drive the product and all of that all of those thoughts that a founder needs to have in, in, on top of making sure that everything moves seamlessly and that everything's being delivered well on a day-to-day you always have to have one eye on the future uh, whilst not losing sight of reality so it's a uh, it's it's definitely an experience but I'm loving it and it's great also that um, you know Dominique's in this in the health and wellness space as well so she keeps me calm and is also training to be a breathwork instructor. So we've nice. been sitting there in the evenings doing a lot of that to, to stay cool. <laughs> I've got a question for both of you that's kind of a big question, but what are your tips for achieving your life goals? And what are your life goals? <laughs> wow. Ladies first. <laughs> so that is a big question. It is a big question. You don't necessarily need to... Um, you know obviously think of exactly what goals you have because I also think some people think of things breaking down things do you know what I mean which can be a good way rather than thinking of some huge huge idea okay so um so my life goal would be I mean I think eventually in the future I'd love to have my own yoga studio um who knows where I mean uh, there is a lot of competition in London but we'll see so I'd have to you know working on finding my niche and what will make it different um but yeah I mean in order to get there little things I do every day I love to have I really do think things change and happen when you take care of the small things just those daily little steps so for example a morning routine um you know, I'll wake up in the morning, uh, have a glass of water, try not look at my phone for at least maybe this doesn't sound like a lot, but half an hour. Um, because, you know, when you wake <laughs> that's up, that's a lot day, nowadays. <laughs> nowadays, you know, I don't think many people could actually do that. <laughs> um, it's just that, you know, because our alarm is on our phone anyway, it's just so easy you're already there. But um, I always put my phone on airplane mode. Um, luckily I have the freedom that I don't have, you know, kids or anything that I need to have my phone on constantly. 
Um, but little steps like that. And then I'll have, um, it always sets me up for the day. It's called Athletic Greens. It's yes. this all in one. <laughs> have you? Yeah, it's amazing. Powder, green powder, got all your minerals, vitamins, adaptogens, and anything, you name it. Um, and it's so bizarre. If I skip out a day without having it, I know it's uh, in my head, but I'm like, oh, like I just have a better day once I've done all these little steps. So, yeah, I just think it's important to have these little habits, daily habits, in order to be most productive in your day. And it truly makes me happy. Um, I'll move my body every day, even if it's a light walk to work. And, yeah, I think that's what hopefully will lead me to the focus that I need in order to maybe have a studio in the future. Yeah, I think you're right. Small steps all add up and little habits that you can change and build to routine then become more momentum. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, I, I guess trying to answer that question myself after that beautifully eloquent answer is not going to be easy. Um, but I, I, I would possibly... I, I would say definitely one of my main goals is to be in terms of relationally relationally and professionally at links is to be a present dad one day um when when the kids do come around I think I've always I've said that in the last two or three years is to get myself into a position where there there's financial security for one reason where I can really prioritize the things that are most meaningful to me um with regards to to work um our big goal is to help millions of people around the world. Um, so we are looking, uh, myself and my twin brother, Julius, at a potential move to to the States at some point in order to drive this forward uh, following the launch of the native app and and assuming success and, and driving numbers to it. So uh, that, that's our big goal is to to be able to provide balance on, on a larger scale for people, but also to give anyone the opportunity regardless of the number at the end of their bank account on their salary or whatever they make, a chance to really self-develop and make world-class coaching accessible to everyone. Um, we're already doing that. We, we want to reduce the prices further when we move to an app. Um, and we believe anyone has, should have that opportunity. So that's a big move for us. And of course, in this world of, of connection, in terms of electronically, bringing back the in-person element as well will be really important for, for the growth of, of safe space. But um, my big my big tip would be something that my grandfather, who was a legend of cricket um, in uh, for England and, and became a lord for his services to the government and sport, he passed down to my dad, if not now, when? And dad passed that down to me and my brother, Julius. Julius now has it tattooed on his arm. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do tend to think about this every time I have, I'm struck with a situation where I'm nervous or fearful or doubting myself is, um, if not now, when? Take the opportunity, seize the day, redefine your what success symbolizes to you and look at it, look at success as the ability to embrace an experience instead of success being um, catered to how well you do in that event. All right, so that's that's the way that I've changed it, allowing me to move forward into, into the next phase and try and move forwards into things that scare me is, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing this as a human. I'm going to make a mistake. If I don't do well, that's fine because it's part of the journey. And when you look at something like that, it gives you the ability to leave the comfort zone more seamlessly. Um, so if not now, when? And see success as an experience. Um, and be a present dad. That'd be my thing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think that you're right that things are changing a lot now with um, being a father. And, you know, it used to be that, 
fathers, especially with working from the office, now people can work from home. That's one thing I think that's really improved, you know, relationships, family relationships. Um, although um, some dads tell me they're still trying to get away to the office. <laughs> oh, yeah. You see, I, my, my purpose might change. <laughs> and I'm very open to that. <laughs> Definitely. Um, you're, you're like... Uh, I'll be a present dad uh, <laughs> part of the time. Part-time <laughs> present dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a way, actually, it's important that when you're around, you make that time important. Do you know what I mean? That's it, that's it in a way. It's like, you know, engaging with your kids, like, you know, building the train sets, building the Lego, you know, playing sports and kind of being involved a little bit rather than people can all be together, obviously being on devices, being watching television, but they're all in the same room, but they're not spending time together. So I think mm. it is kind of the quality time that's important. Yeah, being present in that quality time, exactly. Definitely. I love that. It's like embracing moments, isn't it? Exactly. And those are the things you remember as an adult, you know, the, the moments you had with your family. So we obviously talking a lot about you guys' amazing success, you know, with Safe Space and with uh, yoga and Pilates and things. What challenges have you guys faced on your journey? Can you think of any challenges you faced and kind of how you overcame that? Um, I can go first this time, if you'd like, Tommy. Um, so there's lots of, when I when I last came on the podcast, we discussed this a little bit when myself and Julius came on. Um, but we obviously with, with Julius talking about all sorts of things in, in his life with Made in Chelsea, I didn't get around to lots of this topic in particular. So um, for list, people listening, I used to play professional cricket um, and then that all went um, a little bit pear-shaped. At 24, I retired about 15 years earlier than I thought I would. Um, and, and led to me having to rediscover who I was, redefine my purpose. It led to a lot of lonely moments because from age six, I'd already made my mission statement to be the next Cowdery to play professional cricket and play for England. And when that dream broke down, it wasn't just a dream. It was a part of me. It got lost. Um, and I would say the one thing that I've been able to really pull back on apart um, to learn from as a result of that experience on top of the skills that elite athletes possess from playing with them and being one myself for six years is that how to redefine what success is so we spoke about looking at it as experience but also building resilience to difficult moments because understanding that everything that happens in life is temporary and actually looking at those things um, in, in, with a more proactive mindset instead of being reactive and, and falling into this emotional headspace where we, we perceive ourselves with an irrational lens and we're, we, we lack self-compassion and we're mean to ourselves and we criticize ourselves for the mistakes that we've made. You know, that, that is only going to lead to more pain and more discomfort. But when you can lean into the discomfort and say, you know what, I wasn't meant to have all the lessons back then. And now as a result of getting it wrong, I now have those lessons instilled in who I am today that gives you that breeding ground to become better and to consistently learn and consist consistently embrace the good and the bad of life. So what I've learned from sport is to be kinder to myself. And when failure happened, which was so regular within a sporting capacity, I used to go and cry and, and it used to hurt me so badly because I connected my self-worth to performance. 
that I realized in order to be successful and in my way that is just finding peace and happiness and of course in time developing financial security in a way that aligns with me and it's different for everyone is is to just to embrace the negative aspects of yourself because if you look at them in in a different way they can actually be a positive element that you can really lean into and help others with so that that's what i would say resilience and bouncing back from difficult moments because you know that they're fleeting um, and you will be able to get through anything if you have it have the right mindset amazing and dominique what, what yes. about you oh yes well as you said earlier how am i meant to go after that <laughs> <laughs> i like this like t- team efforts you know it's a good <laughs> and it's good hearing two different perspectives on things you know yeah no it's true so um i mean yeah i faced many challenges along the way um being a yoga and pilates teacher Um, So it wasn't always what I wanted to do. I studied politics at um, university for my undergrad and then for my postgrad, I did strategic business management. Um, And then when I went off to be a yoga teacher and came back to London, it was around the time that COVID was looming in the air and then it all hit. So that was my first obstacle because when I decided, you know what, I want to make this in my career, which would uh, make it my career, which was already quite a big decision. COVID suddenly arrived and, you know, all yoga studios shut down, um, in particular the one I wanted or was in the process of applying to. Um, So it made me question a lot of things. And that's actually when I did my master's. It was more panic COVID master's to fill the time. Um, And then when COVID all disappeared and studios reopened, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. And yeah, I mean, at first, um, it is quite hard work, you know, you have to make it into one and you work ridiculous hours to start with, you know, you get all the bad slots, you kind of work your way up to the better times, uh, better teaching times. Um, And then I learned that not everyone's going to like you, not everyone's going to like your style, but that's okay. You don't want everyone to like you anyway, because I guess that means you just have a more generic style. So, you know, finding your niche, um, lots of those, you have to have a tough skin. I mean, I would say majority of my clients are amazing, absolutely unbelievable. But as of everything in life, you always have that 1% where people will be difficult. And yeah, it's been a huge growing process for me because I haven't had the toughest skin in the past. And I feel like I've learned a lot on the way. And if they don't like me, it's it's not about me. It's just not their style. So yeah, you can't be you can't be everyone's cup of tea. Um, one of my favorite quotes actually is, uh, "You could be the juiciest peach in the world, but not everyone likes peaches." Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> also, also when it comes to building tough skin. Um, Sometimes if you feel broken down or over or more emotional than normal about a situation, it's just because it's new and you haven't felt those feelings before or you're going through something which is unfamiliar. So it's to appreciate if you're looking to build tough skin, you build that in different areas through experience and and really then just leaning into the fact of, okay, that's made me feel something slightly different. That's triggered something from my past is to actually look at it, try to build your self-awareness around that and and I always find, and when I speak to my clients on a coaching capacity, it's the way that they communicate with themselves and the thoughts that are going through their brain and, their, and the way that they communicate with the emotions that are coming in, as opposed to just letting their emotions control them. 
it's how can you have an open dialogue with yourself? And I'm not saying walking down the side of the street and being that very strange person who seems to be having a conversation <laughs> with no one. I'm saying you can do this very much internally so you're not judged um, at the bus stop. Um, but that consistency of, of self-compassion and patience with yourself, it allows for you to grow tough skin because you, you meet a difficult situation head on instead of letting the situation control you. And you're like, okay, I can see why this is happening, or I don't really understand this, but that's fine. Um, all of a sudden, that is tough skin. You've, you've dealt with it in a calm and rational way. It's actually the, the toughest way to deal with things is in a calm and rational way, and there's some irony in that. Um, and, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I would say is be kind because you, we haven't always got all the answers at that moment. Amazing. Well, Dominica, I think whether it was the perfume or not, you're definitely <laughs> the right peach for Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is good. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for joining me. It was really amazing to hear both of your story and um, about safe space and about the Pilates and yoga and journeying to India and kind of furthering that. Um, well, it's really fantastic to hear that and how you've kind of overcome these challenges and how you kind of um, built resilience and, and put your life on that right path. So absolutely incredible. And thank you. And we will put all your notes in the show notes. And thanks for listening. If you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at dr underscore richard double underscore or visit my website www.drrichardlondon.com this is a pop people production and the music is by delhi music and we will see you next time